So, everybody's back? Okay. Um, got to go. Time for question. Time for question now. If you have any, please speak loud enough so we can hear you. You don't need to question, you know, if you have no question, it's fine. <laughs> now, articulate the thought of compassion for me, for my ears. Is it very difficult to attain, get liberation? Okay, come here, come here, come here, I don't hear. As a lay person, is it very difficult to attain liberation, get liberation? Good. As a lay person, yeah, yeah, lay person is it difficult to attain what? Get liberation as opposed to being a monk or a oh, nun. Oh, I see, I see. I'm going to bring a chair. Can we bring a chair for somebody who wants to, um, you know, ask question or something? We can have a little conversation. Otherwise, I would cut the conversation a bit, you know. So, thank you very much. So my response, so the question was, you know, as a layperson, uh, you know, we find it difficult to walk the path of liberation. Is that it? Or less? Yeah? Yes, it's understandable because, um, you know, you have already a very, um, uh, you know, in a way you have lots of responsibility, don't you? Not just your own mind, body, but you also have responsibility of your family and work and, uh, you know, houses, cars, bank accounts study, kids, I mean, it's really a busy world, isn't it? Even if you have well, just one child, you know. But, uh, and so, you know, um, in a way, um, there is aspect of the past that you can cultivate simply by developing the paramita. The paramita, uh, it's a word that means uh, spiritual faculties, right? So there are ten paramitas. I tried to remember them yesterday. I, try, I hope we will still remember them today. I, the list in a good order. So there is a paramita, ten paramitas in this tradition. Okay, you have dana, giving, sila, um, esik, and then nikama, renunciation, and then you have um, uh, panya, wisdom, and then you have satcha, truthfulness. Then you have Kanti, patience, and then you have uh, Aditana, determination. And the next one is um, Metta and, uh, oh, Viriya, Viriya, I forgot, I think. And then Metta and Peka. So, ten qualities, okay, who you can actually begin to be mindful of. And the quality, these qualities, the most important one of all these qualities is, you'll be disappointed, I'm sure, is patience. You know, when I heard the word patience when I was younger, you know, I said, all ladies, when there's nothing else to do anymore, you know, you're just patient. That was my definition of patience, you know. When there's nothing else you can do, then, yeah, you'll practice patience. Yet, in the Buddhist teaching, you know, the, the, this quality of patience is considered as a, the highest austerities. You know, and if you know the word in Sanskrit, tapas means ascetic practices, you know. Highest austerities, so the highest ascetic practice. 
patience, endurance. When you practice, you understand exactly what the Buddha means. To, uh, to get to know the mind, it takes a huge amount of patience because you're looking at something which is not yours, but for a long time, you keep on reacting to it because you think it's yours. You understand? You keep on battling with yourself because you think what you see, what you hear, what you think, what you feel, what you, it's yours, permanently yours. That's what's called a personality. Personality function like that, you know. Personality is very useful, you know, up to a certain point. Personality is what brings us here, what makes us do a lot of different things, you know. Personality is just one thought, you know. Me, I. It's not a big deal. But yet, we have made, because we have make, made it mind that thought, then it, it is attached to all the other candles with mine. It's my feeling, it's my thought, it's my perception, it's my sense consciousness, etc. My, my, my. Do you understand? And that is a troublemaker. Because really, it's not yours. But it's not something you can understand intellectually. You know, you have to really look at it and experience it yourself. So if I was a lay woman, you know, uh, let's say, I would develop quality of patience. This is something very, as I seem unimportant, but how many times during your daily life you are actually impatient with many things? Sometimes we don't know we are impatient until we look at it inwardly and begin to see that that moment of mild anger was impatience. And you know, until you let go of impatience, it's very difficult to be patient. You have the, the, the you have two ways of becoming patient. You know, it's like you see impatience and you let it go, and naturally your mind has a natural patience. You know, those parameters. I feel I might be wrong. I don't know, but I feel once you clear the mind, you free the mind from the the opposite of those parameters. You find the good side of it. You know, like for example, um, meanness and then generosity. If you look at meanness in yourself and learn how to let it go, then you find naturally the heart is generous. Then uh, dana sila, ethic, if you want to do nasty things to people or to yourself or break all the precepts and so on, you know. And then on the other side, you want to be a good person, you know. You want to be a good and uh, human being. Sometimes it's overshadowed by this Entity as his thoughts, you know, that want just to rebel and kick the, bu- the bucket and all kind of thing, you know, just fight, struggle all the time to not follow the path, the, the the path of peace and liberation. Then you have, let's say, viriya. You have all these things. Viriya counter. When you see, when you understand viriya, then you begin to know how to let go of laziness. You know. It's not that when you're sick, you might not have a lot of energy, but I'm talking about the mind, you know. So to know when the mind has energy and effort, cap- capable of putting effort, uh, putting forth effort, or whether the mind is dull and sleepy and can't be buzzed kind of mind, you know. But when you look at this quality, look at these particular mental states, and you aware of them, you begin to see that 
they can go, they can decrease, and then the mind that's awake and well is bright, is awake, is. You can even see very easily uh, unskillful things, like uh, maybe laziness, you know, it's not very skillful just to be lazy. You can look at laziness in yourself, the feeling of laziness, the thought of laziness, the story of laziness, the me lazy, da 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 da, your activity to being lazy, you hate yourself for being lazy, but you still can't put for effort forward to be, not to be lazy, yeah. So, so when you when you see all this, you have objectified, and you it means you have seen your mind as dhamma. So, so as as truth, dhamma means also truth. It means also a thing, you know, a phenomenon. It's also truth, you know, following the Buddha's enlightenment, and then it's also um, you know just being able to see it at an object separate from you, not disconnected. Be careful not disconnected from you, just so you can see more clearly what your hand, if my hand is here, my hand is always here, I don't see it, you know, I don't see it, but suddenly I have a chance to look inside and I see my hands, I see what it can do, it can hold, it can let go, it can pick up things, it can you know, do many things, right? So, um, when, you, when you practice, you know, this, your mind, you cultivate your mind, Check that. There's always an opposite, you know, and it seems like the mind, when it's freed, more freed, little by little, you discover the good qualities in your mind. You become more generous, you become more kind, you become more naturally energetic. You're not lazy, you just get on with this, and you're always ready to help, ready to do things, whatever you need to do, right? And then you have also the aditana or nekama, renunciation and determination. Sometimes we know how to start something, but we have no determination to carry on looking after it, you know, to really take care of that which has been created. So we are undetermined, you know, we don't have the power of energy to keep things going. Like Ajahn Chah used to say, you know, to start a monastery is easy. To maintain it is something else. That's the aditana aspect, you know. Or when you take the precepts, you know, refrain from harming, refrain from killing, refrain from uh, stealing or taking that which is not given, refrain from se sexual misconduct, to refrain from lying, backbiting, slandering, angry speech, and so on, and to refrain from consuming drugs and intoxicants, uh, alcohol and intoxicant. right? So you may be doing it one day, but... You can't determine yourself. You can't maintain that for more than a day or two days. Right? And nekama with uh, renunciation. So maybe you decide for one week you will be renouncing, saying, being rude to the person you are usually rude to. Just in case you have somebody you're rude to in your life. Maybe you haven't known yet but you were rude. You just accuse the other one of being really stupid. Because she or he reacts, you know. With meditation, you discover all this. But now you have a, you're guided. You understand? You don't have to beat yourself up, to really, uh, you know, hate yourself or that. You're just discovering the human mind. That's all. Nature, the human mind. It's like that. You can't ask a dog to be a whole. He'll try really hard, but. Won't be able to. It doesn't have the instrument to do this. So a human being, you can't ask a human being to be a Buddha yet. 
You have to do a bit of work, maybe. At least we are a path leading us to liberation. Which doesn't mean you become a Buddha. You're just, you know, liberated from, according to the end of the path, to you sort of come to the place of Nibbana, which is the end of greed, the end of suffering, and the end of delusion. That's Nibbana. It's not a state. You're not reborn into Nibbana. You just say, this is the end of birth. Now, for, new, for, us, for, new, for us, it's really difficult to understand because all we know is birth, don't we? So don't try to figure it out. It's not necessary to know that, to liberate the mind. You know? Just do with the part of that's not liberated yet. Just work on that. Right? Make sure that you continue to work on the attachment. And the attachment, which I did mention that, if you want to know whether you're attached, you know, just see when somebody takes something that you thought you could give to anybody at any time, and somebody pick it up and run away with it. See how calm and equanimous you are at that moment. That's a symptom of attachment. You must remember that the teaching is not founded on judgment, on being critical of, of, of oneself is not based on being angry with oneself because one is not, you know, a super good human, deluded human. <laughs> Most people want to develop a, a, deliver, a super delusion for a superhuman, you know. They don't realize that to be a true human being, the Buddha says, it's, it's interesting, is just somebody who uh, keeps the five precepts. According to him, I'm not a Buddha, he says, you cannot consider yourself being a human being if you don't keep the five precepts, which is to refrain, to, uh, refrain from destroying living creatures, to, deframe, to refrain from stealing or taking that which is not given, third, to refrain from sexual misconduct, fourth, to refrain from lying, etc., and fifth, I already said to you, to refrain from consuming alcohol or drugs. You know, that leads to carelessness. That's the precept, how it's, it's phrased. Because these drugs or alcohol leads to carelessness. I mean, I never drank much at all, you know. But I noticed when I was more interested in a spiritual life that if I had a, you know, drank a little bit of something, you know, I, I was in a different state mentally, you know. So, it's up to you. It's hard to say to the French, don't drink anything at all. See, the trouble, the sense pleasure in France is like an artwork. It's like an art world, you know. It's totally considered. It was very aesthetic, beautiful, good food, good perfume, good alcohol, good this, good that, good cheese. You know, everything mouth-wise, you know, related to the mouth and the, and the, and the tongue. You know? And then you have Fashion, beautiful dress and yeah, clothes and so on, and then you have uh, many beautiful things in France. Let's face it. Yeah. But in France, we're not a um, you know uh, uh, we don't have this kind of puritanical tendency. It's not um, Protestant, right? You know, it's a Catholic country, so it's very integrated. <laughs> you know, we don't have any shame just being. Happy with the senses. <laughs> no embarrassment. 
no embarrassment. In fact, we find them very beautiful, you know, people that they needed enough, excuse me, French, not you, but general, where they needed enough to think this is really an art form, you know. Love, everything is an art form in France. It's not easy to bring the Dharma and tell them, you know, look at the rotten dog and see what you feel after that. In terms of looking at the skeleton of things. Anyway, we're not here to look at rotten dog or skeleton, but to look at the unbeautiful aspects of life, you know, it's more difficult. They will say, why? If we can have beautiful aspects, why do you have to look at unbeautiful things? You know? Don't worry, it's not something that's you know, thrown down your throat is something you have to discover. And if you have with teachers in Thailand, in the forest, you know, these things are completely normal. In fact, they have skeletons in all the monasteries. That's normal. But then, you know, when I had a problem with my hip joints, you know, I went to Hamel Hampstead Hospital, and the first thing I found in the re-education center, they have skeleton too. So it's not just a forest monastery, even Hamel Hampstead re-education department. And skeleton, they didn't seem frightened. So if you see a skeleton in the back room of your temple, you'll see. Chapel of Rest, where people come and after they passed away, they were wanted to come to Amravati and stay in the Chapel of Rest for a day or two or three. It's usually a very close friend of ours. We can't have everybody. Otherwise, we'll be in the Chapel of Rest all day long, meditating and <laughs> chanting and Any other questions? So, just to finish with you, um, you know, just practice patience. That's fantastic already. With your husband, with your children, with yourself more than anybody else. For not being the perfect mother that you like to be, or, or not for your children when you think they should be better all the time, and so on. Difficult with kids. I never had kids, but I imagine you can easily mistake, you know, pressurizing them into wanting them to feel better. The fine line between like pushing them to death, you know, and thinking you're just trying to help them. It's not easy. You, yeah. It's all right. You could try. You could try there to see if if, I, if it works. Some people I can. Some people the microphone is even worse sometimes because it's um, kind of kind of hum. So um, don't shout. That doesn't work. Okay. Um, so I've recently graduated as a social worker and been training a lot about how to look at creating social change in different ways. And I heard in your talk you spoke uh, a number of times around social change and right action, uh, particularly uh, being a nun, is for you, uh, I'm paraphrasing, was one of the biggest social movements you could make. Yes. Um, living as a lay person um, and having committed to having children, uh, being a monk is not an option for me, or I choose it not to be an option at the moment. Um, what, what is the... Uh, I'm curious as to your reflections on how one can be in the world through right action, how we know we can't, I can't end suffering in the world as it is only within myself. So how do I, how, how do I show up in the world? I have to do work in, in the world I've chosen to be in. 
yeah. and what's what's a way to be in that in order to have right you action? Know, I mean, it's it's quite wonderful actually because you you're asking me how to be a good layperson in the world, basically. You know, so you know, there's no easy path. What I mean by this, there's no uh, easy, there's no recipes. Do you understand? If I was a rapist, you do the best you can, you know. You can take the five precepts. You have many people falling off as your friend, you know. You have to be ready to lose quite a lot of friends when you take the precepts because usually they don't want you to be, you know, just maybe whatever you have to do with the five precepts, maybe they don't agree with that. So there's quite a lot of things. I mean, it's not easy to um, practice the past on one's own. But what you can do, you can remain an ethical person, you know. And then you practice meditation. In fact, there is a, a program for the lay people. The Buddha says when uh, you know, it's different from the, what we find in a meditation sort of uh, teaching on the monks or nuns. You know, he says uh, the, the, the your step is to, is dana sila bhavana, generosity, ethic, and mind development. He doesn't talk about nikama, for example. Renunciation, generosity, silaesic, and the last one is developing meditation. So this is something you can do. And when you have questions, just listen to the question, but don't believe them too much, otherwise you'll be in state of doubts all the time. You know, just get on with life. Do the best you can. Stay with your. I, I love. I had a friend, my dear friend of mine, who is. Uh, she was called. She she passed away. Now she was called a grandma of Dharma in America. It was a U.S. Dharma grandma. And she used to say to me, you know, never take your mind away from what you're doing. I use that a lot, you know, because normally we have to do that anyway. But the mind is often distracted, it goes into doubt, into lots of questions, worried about tomorrow and so on. Stay with your mind, you know, in your lay life. Stay with your mind. Go back to here now. Go back here now. What am I doing now? I say, if you do this, you feel better. At the end, you've done something well, consciously, with a mind present, and so on. You know. So that is something everybody can do. You know, most of the time when we do something, either we concentrate a lot, you know, and focus on one point and forget everything around the house, to the point where the house could be on fire. We're still one pointed on your washing a cup or something. <laughs> Absorb into washing a cup with the house is on fire, right? Or you can just do some, just you know, put yourself in a position where you say, "I, I, I stay with my mind, observe what's going on. Is my mind uh, running away from what am I doing? Is my mind really present? Is it something? Am I doing it well enough? You know that kind of thing. Whether it's your relationship with your kids, with your friends, with you know." And make sure you find good friends. You know, the Buddha really, one of the, you know, the great blessings, we have a chant called the, you know, the Mangala Sutta, because of the blessing chant. And uh, it says a number of, in fact, it's a story of a, of a deva, of an angel who comes to the Buddha, and she is depicted as a she. And she said, deva is a concern for happiness and ever long for peace. The same is true of human mind, of humankind. What then are the highest blessings? So it begins with avoiding those of foolish ways. Yes? 
being with people who are wise, living in places that are suitable, right? Being somebody who doesn't harm, do a job that doesn't harm others. You know. uh, and all kinds of things, a whole list. Of, do we have access to the brown book here, here, around here? Is there the chanting book? Do we have it? Can you have a look? Because I can go through the whole list. Avoiding those of those who are associating with, associating with the wise, yeah? and so on. It's a chant we do regularly. You, know, you can use that, you know. It covers almost everything you need to know about being a, a human person, human being, living in the world, you know. So, um, that kind of thing. And then, visit often, you know, uh, People practicing. Stick close to people practicing. It can help you. That's right. Is that the one? That doesn't work. It's a brown one. Ah, it's a brown one. Have you got the brown one? No? Eh? Couldn't find. I know. That's a... No, I, I need a... Can someone... Uh, can you go and get one from the temple? And I will read it to you when it comes, because it's worth it. So is that enough for that? Do you have any other question? Um, uh, around the, the job thing, what we do that doesn't cause harm, is speaking of what we don't do, obviously not speaking so of... So the job we do doesn't... That it doesn't cause harm, yes. uh, that doesn't perpetuate suffering. Um, is there any teachings around what it should create, or is that more down to personal choice? What you should? For example, a job that helps lessen the suffering in other people, or yes. something like that. You know, start with yourself. It's very important. If you start saving others, it won't work. No. And that's something that women and men are very good at, you know. We all want to help other people, don't we? Fix the women, help that poor man, you know, that kind of thing. Compassion on you know. So to, it's very important to actually, on the past, to take care of the mind that you live with. And then, of course, around you, there's always situations when you can help, but don't make a project of it. Just respond to the situation with a very generous heart. And if the help is needed, you do that. But don't make it a, you know, a program for yourself. Because on the path of liberation, you can't help everybody and purify the heart at the same time. You know, no. You need to be really under the microscope, quite a lot. So if you're looking at other people, you won't be able to see yourself. Do you understand? And that's this mind and body that you need to really know very well to be able to let things go. Then you can help everybody. So many people you can help like that. But when you are in a situation, you know, with your family, with your brothers, teacher, you can just, uh, you know, you just offer to do the washing up, you know, offer to clean the house for them. You know, simple things like that. That's generosity, isn't it? Your sisters, a lot of work, you offer to iron things for her. Simple things. That's what people like. Simple things. They don't want grand theory and philosophy to help them, you know. 
They just want to, you to clean the fridge, maybe, or some things. They will find it really helpful if they are not too controlling and think you're going to damage the fridge. Yeah? Okay. Another questions? Uh, hi there. Um, can you come here, please? <laughs> come here. Yeah. I'm really quiet. I apologize. I will be easier. I will be easier. <laughs> I won't have to hesitate. Come, don't like worry. I, I, I don't bite. Come here. Do you want to sit on the chair? Right? Yeah, I can sit on the chair. Yeah. I've got very uh, quiet. I'm, I'm quite. Don't worry, it will pass. I <laughs> it's impermanent. Sorry. I know because uh, no, you never. What nationality are you? Huh? What nationality are you? Well, I'm British, but originally uh, my family are Sri Lankan. Oh, from Sri Lanka. Sri okay. Lanka, yeah. So you never sit so high up, don't you? Actually, no, Sri Lankan can sit the stand with monks and nuns, don't they? Uh, anyway, let's go Hang to on. the question. Yes. Now, but um, the topic today, you were talking about suffering, something we all go through in our daily lives, mm. and a way of trying to uh, a way of trying to end that suffering. And you were uh, pinpointing um, the Buddha's four noble truths, and using that as a mechanism to try to get to the end point to end all suffering mm -hmm. that's inherent in all of us um, I want to ask also um, uh, this suffering is it, is it something that's intrinsically, intrinsically linked to why we don't see the things the way they are because the, that's something that's a topic, topic the Buddha talks about I read it once in, in one of these Buddhist books um, because he, he has it in one of his uh, Nikayas, you know, his discourses, because apparently, like, humanity doesn't see the world the way it is. No, nothing really appears. We say, oh, I can see that tree, I can see that window, that paint, that picture on the wall. But we don't really see the way things are. It, it, it kind of, uh, I, was, I was left dumbstruck when I read it. I thought, but I can see it. I can see that painting, that tree outside. But... But I, but I think what he's he I think there's so much more to what he's trying to say, and it's are we becoming distracted through through uh, through this um, suffering that we we place upon ourselves? Sure, that's a big veil, you know. <laughs> like a knife. Yeah, you know. You don't need that. Are <laughs> no. you talking to the plenty of old ladies at the back? You know, that, oh, okay. like me. Yeah. Sometimes the way I kind of well, you know, to you, you know, I won't complicate it too much, you know, because if you look under the microscope as a scientist, you know, yeah. it would be just a brown bowl of, you know, flickering here, no way, like a, 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 a just a, a, a little a ball of flickering lights here, you know, you know, can you imagine yourself just a bunch of flicker? <laughs> so just use the Buddhist teaching, which is quite simple to understand. Everything is impermanent and satisfactory and not self. That's what it means seeing the way things are. Yeah? It doesn't ask you to find how many atoms there are, you know, floating around this space, this these pictures, you know. I have this problem where I because my mind always thinks quite conceptually, so I always try to it's like I create well my own worlds, uh, but it, you know, and so like this Buddha's teaching, it, you know, instantly I, I jumped upon 
it being like a whole new, a whole other world that we're not seeing. And but it probably isn't that. It's probably just um, no, no. We uncreate in Buddhism. <coughs> you, you decreate. You're just letting go. You don't touch and start recreating things. At least you know meditation. You just you learn how to let go of things. Don't worry, your creative mind won't die. Your creative mind won't die. Don't worry, continue to recreate when you need it. It doesn't do it just all the time, you know, as a habit. Make sense? Yeah, just look at the scene. I hope that wasn't too complicated, a strange question I've just asked, but... But it makes sense what you're saying. Well, you know, the mind is complicated, so it always looks for things that are more complicated than necessary. You know, there's always something more. It's normal. I mean, you're young after all. It's nice that you experiment with your mind, you know. So if you see things, you know, that new world around you, and why not, you know? But that's the way it is at that moment. It's just something you create. You can create and you can let go. You can recreate and let go. But you don't have to believe this is a path of liberation. It's your creation, and then it goes. Path of liberation is when you start feeling the peace of not creating anything, of letting go, not being reborn into something. Yeah, you're reborn into a nice world, create, you create, and then you know, and then it disappears when you forget about it. I guess that's why the people are sort of stressing. Stressing on... Uh, Everybody can hear the gentleman here? Or maybe better have the microphone, yeah. I see better with the microphone for everybody. And that's why the, the Buddha was always stressing on the practice of meditation, because we're able to see, uh, well, see into our minds a lot clearer. Don't do it. You know, just <laughs> what you see is good enough. Okay. You don't need to kind of chat, 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 start kind of, you know, to, twisting, your, twisting your brain to find that. No, no. Peace is a way. Yeah. I know for a young man, peace is not the priority, is it? For a young man, peace is not the priority in life. <laughs> So this is, yeah. And like everyone to love one another, compassion, love, and for it to be peaceful. And um, can we ever get to that stage? I believe we can. We're just... Mm -hmm. uh, <coughs> well, you will see. When you make peace with yourself, even the chaotic world is okay. Mm -hmm. You understand? When you have peace in yourself. What's your name? Arasaka. Uh, Arasaka. Arasaka. Or you can call my middle name, Dylan. Okay. Dylan. Ken. Ken. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Anybody wants to ask another question? You can try to do it here to see if I articulate. Can you hear me, Ajahn? Yeah. Can you hear me, Ajahn? In the Sangyutta Nikaya, among the things that the Buddha tells one should recollect, he says that we should recollect him, that we should re that it is it it leads to to freedom, to liberation, to recollect 
the Buddha, and it is from this that we get the, you know, the form, these are his qualities he said to recollect. And oh, I stop, thought stop, the, come here, I, I uh-huh, didn't hear half of what you said. Okay. Can you hear me, Ajahn? Yeah, that's okay. fine. Um, in the Sanyutta Nikaya... Don't put it there because it's all humming. In the Sanyutta Nikaya, yeah. Buddha tells among the various things that we yeah. should recollect, he says yes. we should recollect him. We should recollect Yeah, Dhamma, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. Yeah, yeah. Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. And this is you know, where we get the formula of the, the qualities of the Buddha. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought about this when you were telling the story of Mara, of knowing Mara, because... He says, you know, when you are in fear, recollect. He tells, when you are in fear, recollect, recollect me, and you will not be in fear. Could you please comment? <laughs> could you please comment on what is it about the Buddha that we should recollect, and how, when we recollect the Buddha, how this can help us in ethics and meditation and wisdom well, in remembering in the Buddha. Uh, can you stay here? Yes. Yeah. Listen, uh, where did you find that the Buddha said, think of me and your fear will disappear? It, I've never seen that anywhere. Of, he doesn't say think of me. He lists, this is the one where you get the invocation to the past Buddha. He says, say, it's, it literally is just formulaic, namo kasapa buddhaya, namo, and it's just a list of Buddhas which he says, in your fear, think of the Tathagatas. Well, I was thinking your fear, just stop thinking myself. <laughs> That's a direct way to liberation from fear. What you do, um, you know, fear, my experience of fear is that you just practice vipassana with it, you know. If you think of the, the mind that actually sees those fear, you could think of it as a Buddha mind, do you understand? Your awakened mind is a Buddha mind. mind Buddha means awake, you know. So when you awaken your mind to fear, then you are with a Buddha. The quality of Buddha. It's not the word that's going to save you from fear. It's the fact that you stay, you stay very vigilant and attentive. And it's anicca dukkha Don't count on words too much, you know, because the vipassana is not, uh, you know... It's much better to actually continue the vipassana practice with a state of fear. You just listen, you see, you see, you see, you contemplate, and you can see its nature. Otherwise, you're clinging to words, you know, buddhaya, namaya, da, 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 da. You're just putting, blocking the fear when you do that. You know, it's good. I mean, if you don't do anything else, it's better to start thinking about, distract your mind with something else, you know, for a little while, so the fear just disappears into the background. But if you liberate your fear, that's different. To liberate your fear, you have to open the door and say goodbye. Consciously. Because I worked with fear myself, and I tell you what I did, you know. I struggled a lot with fear, even though I'd been teaching fear for 20 years, teaching about fear, how to deal with fear, and so on. I knew all of it, you know. And I've had worked with fear also quite successfully as well. And then at some point there was fear again, and uh, uh, I, I, my mind got really interested to find out. I did not know I was working really hard, really hard to get rid of fear. 
after telling for so many years to people, you know, be at peace with fear, open to fear, blah, 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 you know. And then what happened is that I was looking everywhere, looking to the suttas, you know, where, what did the Buddha do? Do you know what to know? What you do? You want to know what the Buddha did? You can go and have a look at this sutta, because I found it. I say, okay, now I'm, I'm okay. So he said something, nothing. I, I love the Buddha because it's just so unassuming, you know. It's like, well, when I stood up, I feel I felt fear until it went. When I sat, I was aware of fear. I felt fear until. I, it went, etc. Lie down and sitting, you know. That's all he did. So I thought I had a, a good understanding of that. So, but I didn't, you see, that's what books don't always do that. But when Ashen Somedo, I was sitting not very near here, said, it was a two month retreat in the wintertime, when he said, you know, with this American accent, bellowing, you know, he said, well, those who are struggling with fear keeps recreating it. The penny dropped. And I realized what I was doing. I was trying to get rid of fear all the time. Because if you don't understand what the Buddha meant by Buddha, yeah, da, 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 whether it's a commentary or the Buddha's word, you don't know yet. You know, whether you are reading a commentary or reading the teaching of the Buddha in the suttas, you know. It's not bad to recollect the Buddha at all, but if you you can also do what I'm saying, you know, but being you know, the when Ashen Sumedu said that, I suddenly saw fear as an object and I didn't want it. I didn't want it in my mind. My struggle is that I didn't want fear in my consciousness. But when I saw what I was doing, I stopped being frightened by fear. That's what was happening. I didn't want to the future to give me any fear at that point, you know, until I realized I was quite capable to host Mama Fia, you know. And it's okay, its nature is to be impermanent and to go. Do you agree with me? I agree that the nature of fear is to go, but if we just allow ourselves to be hosts to our fear, isn't that what we are already doing when we become afraid? No. You're conscious at that moment. It's a consciousness which makes a difference. You're just aware of fear. Before, when you could not see the anicca of fear, you were not yet ready to see things as they are. You understand? It's like... You can see the confusion, what you can see at that moment is the confusion you have in relationship to fear. Do you understand? And that takes you, the confusion takes you to having a little mantra to block it. Buddhaya, etc., etc. It's okay to block it for a while when you can't, you know, you can give yourself a bit of time to. You don't host it. For permanently, what you do instead of pushing it away, you just leave it when, as long as it needs to stay, and then it goes with con con um, effort, concentration, and mindfulness. It will follow its natural course. Yeah, so you can do both as you wish. Thank you. Okay.
simple. <laughs> you said um, everything is impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not self. And I wondered what you meant by not self. So not self. I, you know, I'm kind of pretty straight myself. I say just don't think about it. <laughs> well, in a way, not self is a realization that's beyond your thinking. Do you understand? So when you see how many times you haven't been able to do something you wanted consciously to do, you can realize you don't have a permanent self that is in control, do you? It's really unsatisfactory when you want to do something and it doesn't do it. That's an aspect of it, you know? Like to, 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 it comes and goes all the time and it's not used. So it's difficult to talk about not-self because self is actually what you think. And not-self is a realization that what you think is not you, you know? So I always tend to think that, uh, to, to say that um, if you really want to know not-self, know the law of Anicca really well. Anicca, impermanence. Oh. When you see well, you know, impermanence. Also, if you want to know self, you know, then if you know self, it leads you to knowing what it is, no self. For no self, you will realize how much it hurts. The self, the ego, is a big hurts machine, you know. It has so many kind of places where you get hurt with the ego. When you don't have any, I mean, when ego is not present, there's no hurt. Ego is not a, pro a problem, I always say to people, you know, don't complain about your ego, that's all you have to be enlightened, you know? <laughs> Did you hear that? Don't complain about your ego. That's what helps you to see the delusion. That's the delusion part of your mind. And then you know what delusion is, and then you make peace with it, and you allow it to go, to leave. You stop identifying with it, in other words. You know. Yeah? Makes sense? I think it makes, makes sense, but I think it's something I probably don't need to think too much about. No. Yeah. No, because um, <laughs> thinking about it is not it. Any more questions? No? Free from doubts completely? Or just tired? <laughs> Bit of both for me. Well, we can. I'll see you at breakfast time tomorrow. Oh, okay. Come and come and ask. It's okay. Well, it might be something good for everybody, so that's why I sort of changed my mind. Just in case it helped many other people. <laughs> okay, like that. Go Is that ahead. Right? Yeah, okay. Fine. So uh, actually, you don't need. Oh, that's for the people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, from your experience, um, do you think it is beneficial sometimes to put oneself in unpleasant situations, like maybe physically unpleasant, like or like put yourself in the cold and or whatever you know, and and put yourself in a in, in cold cold conditions, like oh, in yes, the winter yeah. or whatever. 
Well, people have done that, you know, sitting in the snow, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Do you but, think it can be beneficial, of course, if one does not exaggerate by doing it? I think any, any situation that's a bit challenging is, can be a good thing, you know. But don't have too many ideas yourself. Let life put you in challenging situations. It's even better. <laughs> don't you have any in your life, the challenging situation? Uh, I have many. Eh? I have many. There you go. That's your, that's your ice cold bath. Take it as your ice cold bath. Yeah? Okay. Just work with them. Yeah. Okay. okay? Good. So we can stop now. You are free to go, please.